the Bible Study Podcast, episode 720. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues with the study of 2 Corinthians with chapter 5. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Chapter 5 starts like this, awaiting the new body. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. But while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I'm going to start with the end and then end up in the beginning here, which is that God has given the Spirit as a deposit, in in the sense that what God intends is communion with us forever, okay? And that the Holy Spirit indwelling in us, enabled by what Christ did for us, that sacrifice, that God can spend time in our hearts is the beginning of that long-term relationship with God. And that we live here in the now. We live here in this time with these flawed, (laughs) these uh, out of shape sometimes, these uh, decaying sometimes, or at least getting older bodies. And we long to have that permanent body. We long to have that permanent uh, connection with God where we can stand, where we can sit with God, where we can walk with God in the evenings as Adam and Eve did. We long for those days that are coming. And in the meantime, we groan on our burden that there are some things that are difficult to do just because you've got a body, right? And, And it's, you know, it needs to be fed. It needs to be exercised. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, it needs to be changed. All of those things are temporary. All of those things are this current burden that we have with an eye on a heavenly dwelling, an eye on a time with God. Therefore, we are confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So he's saying we will come before the throne of God on the day of judgment. That is what the Bible tells us is just a fact. How that goes <laughs> is important to our future. And so our main reliance, Paul would agree, is that our faith is in Christ. But when we stand before the throne of grace, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it would be very good, it would be very beneficial that when God looks at what our fruit is, what our works are, what we have done, that they are pleasing in his sight. You could see why that would be the case, right? When you stand before a judge in your trial, it is better if you were innocent than if you were guilty. You still got to prove it, you know, all those sorts of things, but it is better uh, 
to be innocent. It is better to be in good standing. And you're going to stand more confidently and you're going to be more assured if you're standing there innocent. And so we make it our goal to please him. And so what Paul is saying is that it should be a goal in our lives that what we do pleases God. And that doesn't mean we just don't do the bad things, right? It also means we do the good things, that we spend our time appropriately, right? That God says, I like the way your priorities are. Priorities is an interesting word. You know, priority used to be a singular word, and there was no plural form of it, priorities, because priority meant the one and only thing that is most important in your life. And so Paul would say our priority should be God. Everything else is secondary, that there is no word priorities in a Paul vocabulary. We, we focus on what pleases God. The ministry of reconciliation. Paul continues, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope is, it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Okay, so he's saying, given the fact that we're trying to live for God, one of the things that we try and do is persuade others. We try and spread this gospel so that others may, when they stand before that throne of judgment, be standing in good standing with God. And I hope he's saying it's plain to you that that's why we're doing this. I'm hoping you understand what it is we're doing so that you may take pride in us, even if other people say we are out of our mind, which people are apparently saying about Paul. Because he says Christ's love compels us. And that is an important thing to say. He's saying we we are doing this because we can't not do this. Not because we think those people who we are preaching to are damned, but because they are loved. How can we not preach the gospel to those who Christ loves and desires to be with? For Christ's love compels us. Christ died once for all. See, Christ died for those people who don't know him as well as those who do, that they may come to know him. Christ loved them as he loved us. Wouldn't it be better if we could bring them into fellowship with God, if the day of judgment was not a bad thing in their lives? If they could come to know how much God loves them, wouldn't that be a good thing out of love? Do we love those people who are not like us? Do we love those people who are not Christians, we are called to, that they may come to see Christ's love through us and come to know him. Any other 
thing you were being told in terms of how you should feel about people who are not Christian, people who are not faithful, people who do the wrong things. Anything else you're being told other than you should love them is inconsistent with the gospel of Christ. It goes on, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So he's saying all of this that Christ did, all of that Christ died for us and for others, has given us this ministry of reconciliation. He, when we talk about the priesthood of all believers, that word literally is talking about being a bridge. Uh, pontiff is the Latin word for priest, which still gets used for the Pope, but pontiff means a bridge, the ponte vecchio, for instance, the, the, the old bridge in Florence that has the same root word. So the idea here is that God wants us to be a bridge to help bring people to him that we might become new. The old is no longer the new creation, that we might be remade in Christ, right? Whatever you think you were before, you don't need to be that anymore. We're called to be new people, but we're also called, we're given this ministry of reconciliation. Our goal is not to take joy in the day of judgment, seeing people go to hell. Our goal is that no one does. Our goal is that all would come to know the love of God. We will fall short of that, but that's really the most acceptable conclusion on that day. There will be joy in heaven for everyone saved. Even those not like us, even those we don't like, even those on the different side of the political spectrum, even those who do bad things, we are called to, to be people who bring people, who reconcile people to God. That is our ministry. That is our mission. As Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. In fact, God is making his appeal through us. People will look on us and they will decide that God is like that. If we are hard-hearted and judgmental, they will decide that God is like that and they will run away. If we are loving, they will decide that God is like that and be drawn to him. Let's do that instead. And that, with that, we're going to end the, this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. 
I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.